0: On this week's episode of Peak Too Early, the gang breaks down the chalimo Lamong beef. We interview one of the best female mid-distance runners in the country, Nikki Hiltz, and we talk about how it's taper season. Let's get into it. This is
1: Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing. Featuring Mike Gendron. Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron.
0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and we are live at the House of Sav tonight. Mike, you are not down in Connecticut. You are here at the House of Sav. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing good, Steve, but I
2: am sick and tired of rain two hours i just drove to the house of sav pouring rain it's february this should all be snow i i dubbed it uh treadmill season like two months ago and it's been warm and rainy for two months since then it there was never a treadmill season i am so if it's gonna be new england it's gonna be february if it's gonna be like 40 degrees might as well drop it 20 degrees and let this all be snow
0: wow first person ever called for snow in the history of history i'm sick of rain Trent, thank you for being a gracious host here at the House Sav. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing well, gentlemen. It's it is always a pleasure to have you two You know, in my home, it just it brings smiles to my face to have such beautiful guests here. Um, we almost we almost couldn't do this though. Uh, I didn't tell you guys this, but when you guys were on your way, you know, I was trying to come in, get early, get ready for the pod. Uh, there was just this incessant beeping sound coming from some alarm. And I was I was a little nervous. I ran over the fire alarm. It wasn't it wasn't the fire alarm. And then I couldn't find it. You know how hard it is to find. It was only going every 60 seconds. It was so hard to figure out where the sound was coming from. I'm texting the neighbors. Do you hear this? Turns out carbon monoxide, you know, uh, a thing. So I'm glad uh, you waited until us being here for two hours (laughs) to tell us that word dying from carbon monoxide that's that's something that's not like a real thing it's not important so (laughs) no, it was a low battery so thank god we're we're, we're okay boys we are okay but there was seriously it took me about a half hour to figure out where the (laughs) damn beeps was coming from it was awful
0: well we had a big week this is a big podcast we got a big interview lots of cover in the world of running so mike let's kick off the running news So, guys, we've been talking about it forever, and we even, we even made a topic of it on our last podcast, but we've been asking, we've been begging the running world for rivalries, and we got a big one. Mike, why don't you run through the social media posts between Paul Chalimo and Lopez LeMong after uh, USA Indoors?
2: Yeah, so the other day I'm just kind of like scrolling through the, the gram a little bit, seeing if I can find anything interesting, trying to find some good running news, and I stumble upon... Uh, this video that Lopez Lemong posted. It was a video of Paul Chalimo in his post-race interview. And basically, the guy doing the interview asks him, like, so, you know, what do you think about taking on Lemong going forward here in the in the trials? And he basically just says, you know, last year was my down year and just kind of throws shade on Lemong and said, but this year, bring him on and just walks away from the mic. Just absolute mic drop. Uh, pretty cool moment. So it doesn't take lopez very long to respond he posts that video on his instagram and he says the dog who barks the loudest is not the most vicious hashtag lamont strong hashtag chihuahua which is a hilarious nickname i don't know if that's like a real thing or if he just made it up on the spot or whatever but just calling him chihuahua Chilimo chihuahua so then Chilimo comes right back with an instagram uh, post of him screaming at a lion, the lion screaming back at him, and he says, dogs compete at Husky invites, lions compete at championships, only a lion can recognize a lion roar. And that was a shot at LeMong not coming to USA's, and uh, leaving, running at the Husky invite. He's yeah, yet- so
0: pretty much the whole like Bauman team ran at the Husky Invitational a couple weeks ago, and hardly anybody came to, to, to USA into a championship.
2: And my, my favorite part about that post is he drops a Chihuahua, hashtag Chihuahua who and then a hashtag LeMong scared. Because LeMong's thing is his hashtag LeMong strong. He drops a hashtag LeMong scared. So a very strong uh, rebuttal from Chalimo. So then LeMong comes right back. <laughs> with great, great, great response to this ridiculous picture of a chihuahua just like this tiny little chihuahua and just posts hand me a leash i'm a walk of this dog
0: no, it's a chihuahua dressed as a lion
2: <laughs> it's a chihuahua just lion. i didn't even realize that till just now that's Are even funnier <laughs> oh, even on. funnier all right and then on that post Chilimo comes right back he says I- i'll give up before i do go get a gold medal or at least can Can you get a top three in a Diamond League? And then we can talk, homie. Taking a huge shot at our boy, Lamont, And it says, as for now, I'll drop the mic. We are not on the same league, period. So Chalimo comes back at him again. Lamont comes back talking some Swahili in there. So I don't know what that means. But then at the end, he says, yes, you're right. All caps, I am not in your league. And I think he was trying to say, like, you know, I beat you last year. So if anybody's not in the other person's league, it's you. And then finally, Lamong Le- finishes it with a uh, post to him on like a training bed, getting some work done, and finishes it with a, I heard somebody barking nonsense against, don't let me grab my leash, hashtag Chihuahua, hashtag Lamong Strong. So boys, we got ourselves a very long, drawn out, not like just one quick thing. It was multiple days, serious social media
3: beef. Let's go. Let's go. I, I don't think there could be any like anything better to pump the peak to early voice no. up <laughs> so. than a little bit of Instagram view between two athletes that I think we both like. We've talked, you yeah. know, about both these guys before and we're fans of Among. We're fans of Cholimo, so to see them go at each other like this, I and mean, we can we can do a little more analysis breaking down some of the individual posts. I really do. I want to break this down like it's you know game seven of the finals right here, because this was this was just. This was so energizing. This was amazing.
2: Forget everything we were about to talk about tonight. This is all I want to talk about all night long.
0: <laughs> I mean, this is exactly what the sport needs. We talk about this all the time. That one of the biggest problems. I mean, it's it's really cool that everybody's friendly and enjoys each other's company in this sport. But we need some beefs. We need some rivalries. And this, and you know, out of the clouds, Paul Tolimo and Lopez Lamong, give it to us. And so, guys, I did some digging today to find out, a, or the best I could find out exactly where this beef stems from, and the best I could come with was come up with was after Outdoor USA Championships last year, Chalimo made a comment to the media saying something along the lines of, I'm not here to pace the Bowerman track club, meaning that he's, he's an aggressive runner. He likes to take it out hard. He doesn't like to sit back. And, you know, Woody Kincaid and Lopez LeMong – you know, 5K, 10K runners for the for the Bowman Track Club, tend to sit back a little bit. They tend to let the race come to them. Chalimo's not that type of runner. He's a little bit more aggressive. So he went out a little bit more aggressive, and he ended up getting beat. And he was just kind of talking about that after the race, and he kind of threw some shade at the Bowman Track Club for sitting back in that race. Um, and I think that's where this, where this stems from.
2: It is. And then uh, Lamong responded after that with an Instagram post like, is the one where he's kind of smiling behind Chalimo, he's like got his necklace like dangling from his mouth, and made some comment, I don't remember exactly what he said, but basically like me like waiting to to make my move or something like that, clearly a shot at, at Chalimo, so yeah that's definitely where it started, and uh, I think there was like, like Chalimo has had issues with that in the past, like I think, like you said, he doesn't like racing like that, and he doesn't like championships being run like that, and but, I mean, take it as you will. At the end of the day, uh, LeMond got the best of him on that day. So, we'll
3: see what happens. So, do you guys think this is this is real animosity happening between these two? Or is this more, um, you know, somebody's manager is telling them to play this up because it'll be good for the brand?
0: I think this is... I mean, I think they there was a point on Instagram where they started feeding into it a little bit. They realized that people loved it, so they did feed into it. But I think the root of this is real.
3: I do, too. And I... I think the root is real, but I do think there's one person that's a little more angry than the other, and I think one person is a little more taking it, you know, in in good spirit and kind of making jokes. Do you guys have any thoughts on that?
2: I do, but before I get into that, I just want to say I don't care if it's real or not. Like, I really don't care. It's great for the sport, and somebody needs to do it. Like, half of sports beef in general is not real, Like right? Like, you get, like, a McGregor fight, and he's talking all this crap, and, like,
4: Hug it out yeah i mean
2: of half fight. of it's manufactured for the entertainment of the sports so like why should this be any different but i think what you're getting at is i think lamong is stringing chalimo along here i think chalimo is legitimately pissed and lamong is, is is just poking the bear right now I, I think it's hilarious i couldn't agree more i
3: think <laughs> i think chalimo is really pissed and you know, Lamang is making these funny comments about it. He's posting these ridiculous pictures of chihuahuas. And uh, Chalimo is out there, like, paying some social media person to make this really intimidating picture of him next <laughs> yeah. to the lion. Like, that's some really high-class stuff. Meanwhile, Lamang, like, found a Google image and just saw this <laughs> chihuahua dressed up as the lion <laughs> and is posting that. And he's just putting, like, talking about walking the dog on a leash, which, I mean, I don't know what kind of personal relationship they have, but... That's pretty disrespectful to talk very about. I'm gonna walk you, you know, with a leash. Like so I feel like Lemong's joking, but he's he's hitting some some, you know, sensitive spots I would think.
0: Well Lemong is I mean, he's significantly older than Chalimo. He's like he would be ten something like nine yeah, years yeah. older than him. So I mean he's got he's got more experience than anybody else on the track. He probably knows how to manage his emotions better than anybody else on the track. So he knows that getting onto Chalimo's skin is probably going to help him out come, you know, USA Outdoors.
2: Yeah, and I think, like you're saying, like Chalimo was kind of, he, he was pissed and Lamong was having more fun with it. And to go more off of that, Chalimo tried to end it like a couple times. Like in his first post, it was trying to be like a mic drop and then he... He slid into his comments and said that last thing, like, before I'm done, let me say this one last thing. And then Lamong posted twice more after that. So Lamong wants to keep this going as long as possible. I think finally Chilimo has kind of put an end to it. But it was just so funny to just see Lamong do everything he can. Like, even posts that were not related to this beef at all. He was just like the one with him on the massage table. Like, what does that have to do
3: with Chilimo? But he just decides to drag him into it anyways. So what do you guys think? Is there a winner in this Instagram beef and in the, in the online beef? Not on the track, but just, you know, who's doing it better online right now?
0: Well, I that's tough to say because I think, like we're saying, I think LeMong is playing the long game. Like he, he's he's getting under Chalimo's skin and he has the most recent wins. So it's kind of hard to, you know, you're only as good as your last race. So it's kind of hard to, to back Chalimo um, or, or, or justify like where he's coming from. But at the same time, you know, Chalimo is everything that we love about the sport. He's the one, like, going after these beefs, saying things to the media, trying to create rivalries. He's a front runner. He doesn't want the race to come to him. He wants to go and attack the race. So, like, you know, I think, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to side with Chalimo on these.
3: So I, I agree with a lot of what you said. And I, I kind of I love the aggressive, you know, nature of Chalimo right now. Um, I do kind of agree with him, right? You know, uh, Lamong didn't run at Nationals. He ran at that that invite uh, with the Bowerman Track Club. You know, Chalimo's got that badass racing strategy. But there's one line in there that's that's making me on Team along And that's when he said, last year was my down year. You know, you beat me at that. I thought that was so lame to yeah. be like, oh, last, last year I had a bad year. Like, that is... I don't know that that's so just like a pathetic argument. You beat me in my bad. Year. He beat you when he beat you, right? He beat you the last time you raced. Like you said, the last race is the one that matters. I don't care if it's your your down year, Chalimo. I mean, I don't know that that made me on team Lamong, so I'm, I'm rooting for Lamong at trials because of that. Yeah,
2: I kind of think that Chalimo won the Instagram battle because where Lamong was much funnier. I thought uh, Chalimo was a lot more like definitive and came in with like pretty like legitimate arguments. But as much as Chelimo is, you know, the front runner type and I do love that mentality. It's so hard to pick sides because I love them both as as runners, but I don't know, I just have like an affinity for Lamong. Like he's just such a badass and just like the way he races on the track. I know it's like he has a kind of a sit and kick mentality, but he just seems like he's been doing it forever and we've talked he about has. it. I know, he just like seems like this like He's unstoppable the force up to the i know and that range is unreal and like he just looks like a superhuman i don't know he just seems like the kind of guy i want to rally around and he clearly has like this fun less serious attitude about the sport you can tell by his like instagram post and i mean it was totally him who started this like Chilimo made that comment on the the interview but I don't think he ever expected this to turn into beef. Lamong is 100% the one who turned this to social media and made it happen. So I think if I had to pick a side, I'm team Lamong. Either way, it's, it's huge for us. It's huge for peak too early. I think people have been listening to what we've been saying, saying we need something like this. So very, very excited.
0: Oh, by the way, uh, Chalimo3k indoor national championship he is he is <laughs> so i mean we completely glossed over that but this weekend was the usa indoor national championship um a couple notes our guy bryce Hoppel winning a winning 800 meter national championship AJ wilson making it look easy again josh thompson 1500 meter champion, Shelby Hoolihan, 1500 meter and 3K champion. I mean, she's an absolute beast out there. I mean, there's so much we can say about about those races, but I think the storyline is in general that the USA Indoor National Champ, you know, compared to things like the New Balance Grand Prix, um, you know, the the Watermaker Mile at the Melrose at the Millrose games, like it's just kind of, it seems like a little bit of a letdown from the rest of the indoor. Not everybody showed up to it, a little less hype. Like, I think we need to do a better job building hype and excitement around the indoor national championship.
2: Agreed. I think people don't take indoor super seriously in general. I think this year with the no world championships, and our guest Nikki is going to kind of talk about that a little bit in our interview. But I think this year it was especially down, and it's like, yeah, obviously I'm pumped for our guy, Bryce. Bryce is our dude. But it's so hard to, like, I'm sure he feels the same way. It's, like, hard to be excited about a U.S. title when you know Donovan Brazier wasn't there. And I think there's a lot of events across the board that people probably feel that way. Like, yeah, it's cool that I can say I'm a U.S. champ, but was I really, was the the best of the best competition there? Can I really put my foot down and say I'm the best in the country right now? I think that kind of washes it down, and it takes it
3: away from what a championship should be. Yeah, it feels like there's just too many events on the calendar during the indoor season and, and the outdoor season for that matter. And there needs to be a way to incentivize maybe fewer events but just make them more important. So I don't know if that's just dishing out way bigger prize money. I don't know what's the prize money like at a US National Championship. I don't know if it's more just like prestige or if there's real prizes for it.
0: I mean, I'm super ignorant when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't maybe we should cut that. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it comes down to the fact that people the big championship is outdoor track. So everyone revolves their season. Especially in Olympic. Around years. Yeah, and in, and in an Olympic year, it completely changes everything. And when there's no world championship on the line, that changes everything.
3: So this year it was, like, particularly terrible. But we talked about, like, you know, Lemong ran a, a the time trial or whatever, as Chalimo called it, you know, a couple weeks ago. He didn't go. Brazier was at, you know, New Balance at Milrose. Um, but he wasn't here. So how do you, you kind of pick one meet that's going to get everybody there? And I, I think the only answer is, you know, prize money and trying to bring some more prestige to that single meet rather than having – you know, it's fun for us, right? There's a big event every, like, few weeks. But I don't know how you get more just excitement. You know, it's just diluted. It's like, why is the NFL so popular? Because there's one game a weekend that everybody – or one day of the week where everybody watches. You know, if there's one or two track meets that has everybody there – that might be, you know, a different way of approaching it rather than this current structure.
4: Yeah.
0: But I mean, I, I think on the performance side, if we were to kind of look at that, I think the one thing that stands out to me that is that uh, Shelby Huland is a force to be reckoned with. And she is picking up right where she left off in 2019. And um, I'm ex—I'm really excited to, to watch her kind of going into USA Outdoors and, and the Olympics.
3: You shouldn't be able to win a double at a national championship, <laughs> right? right? Like anyone that wins a double at a high school dual meet is impressive. To get out there, you know, take a little bit of a break and then get right back on the track and win, I don't care. I don't even know if it was the same day or not. Sorry for my ignorance in that one, but I don't care. If you're at a national championship with the two different fields of runners going at it and for you to rebound that quickly and take a title like that, like you just shouldn't be able to do it. It's super impressive.
2: Yeah, and, and I talked a little bit about like it being watered down. And that is true, but like it's still a national championship. Like there's still professionals on the track. It's not like there's like scrubs out there. There's still very, very good runners. So it doesn't take away like a double being impressive, like you said.
0: And moving away from the track on the roads, Joshua Cheptegei with a 5K world record with a 12:51 5K on the roads. What do you guys think about this? This guy is very good.
2: He uh, broke the 10K record on the road. He now broke the 5K record on the road. This guy is a stud. And I think people should be very worried about him in the Olympics. I think we've talked about in the past, like Mo Farah coming back to the 10K from the marathon. And it's not going to be a layup for him. Like He is going to have to deal with this Joshua Chepte guy. And... I would put a lot of money right now that that guy is going to win the 10K and going to be a force in the 5K as well.
3: I just love the badassness of the the road, you know, the serious road events like that. Like, I don't need a track to run faster. I don't need my (laughs) splits. I don't care if there's some hills in there. You know, I don't have spikes on my feet. There's going to be wind blowing or whatever. It's just badass to go out there and drop times like that on the road.
0: Speaking of what's on your feet, this sparked a lot of discussion around the footwear debate right and we love it
3: let's bring it
2: back
0: so i mean we vowed that we were done talking about this but i kind of reached a boiling point with this (laughs) online over this past week because yeah records are falling and you know are the shoes involved in how well these runners are doing on the on the roads and in the distance events yeah probably but my mindset on this has not changed if a piece of foam if a thin piece of foam and a carbon plate can increase human performance this much, I am all for it. I think that this is amazing. And yeah, I'm sorry other brands. Nike beat you to the technology, but every other brand is coming out with, with a similar technology. I mean, Nike was the first one out. Hoka's had a carbon-plated shoe out for a while. Skechers has had a carbon-plated, carbon-plated shoe out for a while. Adidas is coming out with one. Brooks is coming out with one. All the major brands in the world are coming out with one. And you know, people that know me and the listeners probably could do a little digging to figure out that I am extremely unbiased when it comes to this point of view. And and I guess what I'm saying is that yeah, this is how you get innovation in the sport. Somebody's the first one to it, and all the other brands kind of Figure it out, and they make it for their athletes. And guess what? If a brand isn't trying to figure this out for an athlete, if an athlete, if a brand isn't responding to what a leader in the field is doing, then guess what? They don't. They're not doing everything they can to support their athletes. So, um, you know, I guess people just need to accept the fact that footwear is changing, and maybe it's helping out human performance a little bit, which is an amazing thing. And my last point on this is that if you look at road races especially marathons from the past couple years and from all brands you look at their shoes you look at their midsoles those aren't shoes that you can buy in stores yeah professional athletes from all brands have had carbon plated shoes for a couple of years now. So this isn't something brand new. It's something that yeah, it's it's lining up with an Olympic year. It's lining up in a time where where runners are are performing better than they ever have and the shoes are helping them out a little bit which is awesome.
2: Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it was probably strategic on Nike's part to release these shoes when they did to line up with the Olympic year, right? Like who are we kidding? That that's probably not what they did, but I mean, that's part of the sport. That's part of sports in general. It's strategic. And like we've talked about, like the line has been drawn in the sand now. Like this argument of like world records, like you can't even look at them anymore. We can't compare them to the, like things evolve. And now the line has been drawn in the sand. And this is what the the types of shoes we're going to be working with going forward. So world records are going to be evened out and that's how sports are that's how the evolution of running is equipment always gets better so i don't want to hear anybody talking about how these world records aren't legit and how joshua kept is not just dominating the sport right now
3: because he is yeah to you stole my point there mike where um sorry it's 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 a great point so (laughs) hats off to you with that um but the the worked right everyone that was all pissed off and put stuff on twitter and whatever it worked we got the rule you know there's a little public pressure on world athletics to put a rule in and they did and now we have a a cutoff so no one needs to be pissed off anymore right that like the goal of this was to need some sort of limit so that there's not you know continued innovation forever in that you know who knows how far it goes but we're done with that uh let's accept the times as they are and let's not forget um and i'm not gonna like pretend like i i knew this on the top of my head here but the the world record for the 5k is only like two years old or something they just started making an official record so people can relax with (laughs) oh you know all these records are being broken that record's gonna get broke every year for the next you know 10 years new records just that's what happens because people you know are more focused on it and you start to record it so um let's just calm down everybody
0: and you know what's gonna grow the sport is if the sport is exciting and it's fun to watch you know what's going to make the sport exciting and fun to watch?
3: World Records. When records
0: get broken. All right? So everybody, stop. Stop. This is a great thing for the sport. And, like, I'm, I'm going to bring it full circle. If a thin piece of foam and a carbon plate can improve human performance, that is mind-blowing. That is amazing and something that should be <laughs> celebrated. All right? And I don't want to talk about shoes anymore. No
2: you know what else can make the sport more fun and entertaining, Steve? What's that, Nikki Hiltz?
0: Oh, Nikki Hiltz. <laughs> let's get into our interview with Nikki Hiltz, formerly of the Mission Athletic Track Club. They did a rebrand right after we did the interview. <laughs> you know. She could have told us. I mean, we, we could have broke I, the I, news. We could have <laughs> broke the news. Now the now the Golden Coast Track Club, which awesome rebrand. Their mm. logo might be the awesome. best in the sport right now. But it was a super fun interview. I had a ton of fun talking to Nikki. She's one of my new favorites. Let's get it. We are here with one of the top middle distance runners in the country right now. She runs for the Mission Athletic Club out of San Diego. Nikki Hiltz, welcome to Peak Too Early.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So you are coming fresh off the Milrose Games at the Wanamaker Mile, where you where you ran a 424. How are you feeling after that race?
1: Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I love Milrose. I have only competed there once before in college, and I was... Um, the collegiate that basically just got their ass kicked by all the pros. So <laughs> um, it was good to be back and be the pro that was kicking the collegiate's <laughs> ass. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was great. Um, I think initially after the race, when I crossed the line, I was I was pretty pissed because I, I don't like losing. And then I got a chance to, to look at the clock and see all the times. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm not even mad. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's it's hard hard to be mad when you're losing to an American record like that. But I mean, we talk about, we were just talking about it on our last episode. We think that the Wanamaker Mile and the Milrose Games is one of the coolest events in the sport and they do so much right. And we want to see more of that in the sport.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the like, um, the intros and then, um, my parents actually came and watched. So I had a kind of a fan club there and, yeah, no, they definitely do it right for sure.
2: <laughs> so you had mentioned to us when we were chatting back and forth with you that that was the end of your season. Is that correct? Your, at least your indoor season.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I only did two races this indoor. Okay. Um, I did Dr. Sanders, which was two weeks before Melrose, and then Melrose, and then yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't really want to do USA's, and then when Worlds got canceled, it was kind of even more solidified it. So, uh, but yeah, it was just two and done. It was, it was cool. Yeah.
2: Good so that's what, I was, that's what I was actually going to ask you about is, like, what is your take on, you know, a world championship being postponed like that? I mean, I get that it's an Olympic year, so I think a lot of people were probably, you know, kind of training through that as it is. Right. But do you do you have any specific opinion on, like, you know, a, a world championship just being postponed yeah. like that?
1: I think anytime something's canceled or postponed, it's definitely unfortunate. Um, I had a teammate, Nicole Hutchinson, run... She mm. ran the world standard. She's Canadian and she ran the world standard in the three K and I paced her to it and we were all excited. And then I think the next day they announced that it got cancelled. Yeah. Um yeah, it sucks for you know, those people who wanted to compete and were planning on it. Um but I mean I guess like safety is important and right. um, <laughs> no one's trying to get the coronavirus. So, right. um yeah. I think USATF or IAAF made a made a good call in canceling it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, now that your season's done, what does that look like for you? Are you back in San Diego right now? Do you have a little downtime?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm back in San Diego. I'm um, yeah, definitely taking this week down, and then I'll kind of get back into it. Um, but, yeah, I also actually woke up the day of the race, feeling pretty sick. So, um and then, as soon as I got back to San Diego, I was just like been sick the past two days. So um, yeah, so it's kind of kind of a good time to have a down week, you know, and you're not hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent.
0: So Nikki, one of the things I really admire about you, when you get to the start line and before the race, you just seem to be really loose and relaxed. And I was watching before, uh, before the want to mile, you were kind of like joking around about the start line a little bit. Is that a conscious effort or is that just kind of your mentality going into a race?
1: Um, I honestly think it's a conscious effort. Like I, feel like I, I worry about the race or not worry about it, but like visualize it and prepare for it so much so that like when, you know, you're five, 10 minutes before the race, there's literally nothing more you can do. So might as well just like kind of soak it all in and enjoy the moment. And um, yeah, <laughs> we were all, all on the starting line of Melrose and there's two, there's a black line and a white line and there's only four of us on the upper bank. And I think Coco was like, what line is it?
4: and all
1: of us like, I don't know and, so, and the guy was literally like on your marks and so I was like well and we all just step on like the completely wrong line so, <laughs> like, I don't know
0: that that happens that happens to me a lot you know the amount of time I've spent on a track I feel like I should know exactly what all the lines are but whenever I get out there for a race or workout I'm like I don't know yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. they tell me to do <laughs>
1: And it was kind of embarrassing because I literally ran that ran a mile on that track two weeks earlier, and I was like, I don't remember.
4: <laughs>
1: so, but yeah, yeah. I always like to keep it light and fun before before the race because I mean that's the fun part, right? Like the the four minutes that you're out there competing. So, yeah, that's how I like to look at it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was reading on your social media, you you put a post about you know keeping it fun and like if you're not having fun with it, why are you doing it type of thing. And I think that's a super important part of the sport. And, you know, obviously when things are going well and you're running well, that can be an easy, how do you keep it fun when things maybe aren't going so well, you have a bad day or a bad week or something like that?
4: Yeah, that's a
1: good question. I think, um, I think I have a lot of balance in my life. Like I don't, running Mm -hmm. is, it's obviously my job and um, it's what I do, but I think I also do a good job of, of having other things to fall back on if I'm, if I'm injured or if I'm you know, um, going through a rough time, but I, like, I like, I love playing guitar and I love surfing and, you know, now I live in San Diego, so I get to surf, um, and, you know, just things like that. And my girlfriend and I are really into coffee and beer. So there's always good, good breweries and and coffee places to go to. So, um, I think just not taking it too seriously uh, has really helped me in my career. And, you know, obviously no one likes getting injured or, um, you know, it's not, but it happens to everyone. So, um, and I've actually only been injured like three times, but when it's like, when I get injured, I get really injured. You know, I've I've been injured three times and I've had three surgeries. So it's just kind of, I I go all out either way. Um, but yeah, I think just keeping it balanced and, um, you know, not, you know, and running isn't the end all be all. And at the end of the day, if I have a bad race, like all the people that love me are still going to love me. And, you know, those that don't, don't really matter.
3: <laughs> and I think that mindset is like part of the reason we're such big fans of yours. I think maybe it was the same tweet, Mike, but you said something like, as long as I like drink beer when I want to drink beer. And that's how we podcast, right? I think everyone yeah. has a Miller light in their hand. So if you want to take a break, <laughs> go grab a Miller Lite, come yeah. on back. <laughs> okay, that'll, that'll work. But that's, that's like an, just a, that's the mentality that makes the sport fun, right? It's like yeah. work hard, have fun on the side and everything's going to and. then I mean you've you've kind of talked a lot about this, but when you're just like at a good mental place with everything, you know, the performances come from there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think I would run like a lot of people I think are like, Oh, if I had a beer, like I would run two seconds slower, but like I think I would run two seconds slower if I didn't have that beer. You know, like That's if right. I didn't have that. Does that make sense? Like if
0: I oh, was totally that shit. get it.
3: Yeah. And Mike and I used to when we were upper class when Megan and Mike ran together in college. Okay. And We used to have, you know, like the dry days leading up to the race. But I remember when I was a fifth year, Mike was a senior and we like decided to have a beer the night before every race just to like make sure we had that chill mindset. And I think it worked for us. You got to keep things normal, you know?
1: Totally. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So how are, how,
0: how good of a surfer are you? Um, (laughs) is this like, is this going to be like, you know, after running, you're going to transition into a pro surfing career?
1: Oh my gosh. No, I'm not that good. Um, uh, I think I was better when I was in, I, I grew up in Santa Cruz, which is like, um, surf city, California, in my opinion. Um, but I think I was a better surfer in, in junior high and high school. I, I, you know, I went to college in Oregon and, and Arkansas and there wasn't really many waves there. So, uh, I mean, and now I'm a professional runner. So that comes first, but, um, no, I think I'm pretty good. It's like, um, uh, it's, it's just I love being in the water and um, I definitely try to go on my off days, which I get about I take it off day about every two weeks, every 14 days. So um, yeah, just I love being in the water and I don't know. I don't really. This is such a surfer answer, but like I don't think like competitions and tricks or whatever. Like that's not why I surf. Is like I just go in the water and like chill and like that's so hippie of me. But your, your break
0: from competition.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: So this, this isn't this isn't really a question, but I gotta bring it up since you just mentioned it. But we were doing a breakdown for, for cross country leading up to it and we were talking about the the women's Arkansas team uh-huh. and they had a phenomenal season. Great, great program. Um oh, yeah. my co host Mike calls Arkansas our Kansas. So can you please yell at him for calling oh, it our God. Kansas?
1: <laughs> it's actually I think it's a law. It's illegal to call when you, if you're in Arkansas, it's illegal to call it Arkansas.
0: What?
2: There's <laughs> I, no I, way that's true. Mike, you could be man. a
3: wanted felon if you can yeah, that Yeah, I up. don't know
2: about that. That sounds like uh, something that uh, Arkansonians would say to, just to keep me out of the state. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if I
2: believe that. So you are definitely one of like the I don't know, your fan base is so incredibly loyal, and I think that's a super cool thing. Like, there's some huge Nikki fans out there, and the three of us are definitely one of them. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think a huge one is you just have so much swag on the track, right? You got the the cool haircut, you, you got the cool tats on your arms. Right now, you're wearing some super cool hat that none of us could ever pull off. So. Where did this, like, your style and swag originate? Is that just, like, a, a Cali girl type thing? Or is it one of those things where, you know, as you became a good runner, your confidence went up and your swag came along with that?
1: Wow, yeah, you guys are really <laughs> gassed me up over here. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: I think, honestly, I feel like my style or swag, whatever you want to call it, is pretty much, it's kind of a recent thing. Um, I think I was, I've always been, like, a, I think a confident runner in person, but, um, You know, I think I was kind of struggling with, like, my identity and and being gay and what that meant. And I think, honestly, my girlfriend, Teresa Heiss, has, like, really good style. And uh, just kind of all throughout college, um, she would, like, dress me. Like,
4: that sounds weird. (laughs)
1: Like, for all the banquets or stuff where we had to dress up, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna wear. And she would, like, dress me. And then and then I think like just within the past two or three years, I kind of found my style, and I was like, no, I this is how I want to express myself, or um, you know, I want to get tattoos because I think they're sick. And like for a while, I had like an eyebrow piercing, and like I don't know, I'm just kind of. And then I finally got the courage to like chop off my hair, and I've like, and then and then it's just kind of like you're running well, and so then you have more confidence, and then yeah. or I mean, I think it's honestly vice versa. I had the confidence. And then I started running well, so, um, right. but yeah, I think it, it is kind of a recent development, but, um, yeah. And I, I, in college, I like bleached my hair and like, that was <laughs> like a weird phase, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, definitely like a recent thing, kind of discovering like, um, who I want to be
2: or who I want to show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very cool. So I think it's worth mentioning your girlfriend, Teresa is also a professional runner. What's it like training with and competing against your significant other?
1: (laughs) I get that question all the time. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Um,
1: So I think it's, I mean, like, so our lives as professional runners, like, so little percent of the time are you actually racing? You know, a lot of it is like training or at practice and, and, you know, not training and cooking and what all that. So I think it's really awesome to have her there, like all the time, because it's kind of like you just have someone by your side through, through everything. Um, so, and then in, we work out together, like she's a 1500 runner and she's like my favorite person to work out with because we just kind of can telepathically like communicate. Like we just, we run a rep and then we look at each other and you were both thinking the same thing. Like, okay, that was too fast or, you know, okay, well, next <laughs> time we'll, we'll hit it. Like, it's just like, it's almost like we can communicate without talking. And I just, I kind of feel bad for everyone who doesn't have a significant other with them all the time as who is a professional runner, you know, so, <laughs>
4: uh,
1: like I don't know any different, but um, no, I, I think that the hardest part of our relationship is when we race and uh, you know, she's, she's being me, I've been her. And it it is like kind of weird in a race where we're both in, I usually can tone out everything and just focus on my race. But like, if she's there, like, she's always in the back of my mind and I'm like but it's in a good way I think like um in college we I just remember an NCAA prelim uh we were both trying to make the final and she was up in the front and I was I was feeling really bad I was in like fourth um just trying to keep up and I think top three made the final and I just remember thinking like okay if she can do it I can do it and then she ended up winning and I ended up getting third and we both make the final so it's just like um I think it's kind of a blessing and a curse sometimes so
2: yeah (laughs) <laughs> really cool. is there any like ever any level of like you know even if it's just like fun and playful a little bit of smack talk because i'm thinking about like even when i play like monopoly with my wife i don't want to let her wait i'm going to talk so much smack <laughs> if she oh, yeah. you know if, yeah. I, if i beat her so is there any any of that at all
1: yeah i mean we're both super competitive and yeah, when we're playing board games, it's, like, (laughs) you at all costs, (laughs) Um, but, yeah, I think in training, like, if we're doing, say, we're finishing a workout, we're doing fast 150s, or fast 200s, it is kind of, like, you know, she tries to, like, uh, hold me off, and I I try to pass her, you know, and so there is definitely that competitive spirit, for sure, but it's all in good fun, it's all, like, I'm making her better, she's making me better, so, but, yeah, we're definitely competitive people.
3: (laughs) Have you guys had any good races where someone's out the other person, like, right at the very end, somebody can draft and kick on you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we, um, so at the Guardian Mile, which is a race in Cleveland where, um, she's from Cleveland, so we, it was 2018, it was, it was both of our pro debuts, and we, um, she, it was a hundred meters to go, and we are there's someone comes up on me and I don't know who it is. And then I see in the corner of my eye, it's Teresa. And I'm like giving, it's a hundred meters to go. And we're just like neck and neck, like sprinting. And we're both, it's so weird. Cause we do the exact same training. So I know what type of shape she's in. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going all out. it's like, I can't go any faster. And she's like thinking the same thing. And then all of a sudden there was a third person that came up on my other side. And I was like, okay, well this girl can't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I had another gear, and, and it was kind of like three uh, three across blanket finish, and I ended up um, getting it, but it was so bizarre. It's like I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't find that gear when it was just me and Teresa, but I found it when there was someone else. <laughs> I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, it, there definitely is some, as much as, like, you want to line up and and you, you don't want to associate names to people, like, in the back of your mind, you're always going to do it.
0: <laughs> for sure. Definitely. So now you've had so much success at so many different levels of your career. Um, you know, you went to the world championships last year, but this year, this year is different. I mean, this is the, every four years, um, it's just a different focus and there's kind of, there's no denying that when you're getting ready for the Olympics, are you approaching this year differently or are you just trying to keep it business as usual?
1: Um, yeah, that's another good question. I think, um, I had a lot of success last year and I'm trying not to compare my last year versus like my 2019 versus 2020, just because I know it's going to be different. And like, I think I raced a lot last year and I, I won a lot of races last year and this year I just met with my coach today and we, we went over it and I'm definitely not racing as much. Um, and you know, so every year is different. I think I obviously would love to make the Olympic team and that's, that's the goal. But I think it is going to be a really different path than it was in 2019 to make that Doha team. And, um, you know, we always say all the time, like, don't compare yourself like um, to your teammates, to other competitors. And I think also it's important not to compare yourself to yourself. So um, yeah, but I I mean, with that being said, I'm also trying to, I did a lot of things right last year. So I'm trying to, um, you know, continue that, that mindset and you know I think so much of running is where your head's at and um so yeah hopefully keep keep that consistent for sure
3: (laughs) yeah you you really took off last year right that was like putting Nikki Hiltz on the map does it feel different this time around that maybe there's more of a target on your back than there was last year
1: yeah definitely I think I think my whole career has been um I've kind of been the underdog or kind of been I had like a chip on my shoulder, you know, um, I got second at NCAAs twice, like two years in a row. So, um, I think a lot of my career has been like trying to prove people wrong or trying to prove myself. And yeah, now going into this year, you know, it it does feel different. It's like, Oh, people know who I am or, you know, like (laughs) I got into the Milrose games and not only that, but I was like, maybe one of the favorites to win it. And it's just like, I've never had that before. Um, but I, I mean, I hope I, I think I like it. I think it's um, I can adjust to it. So, um, yeah. But I mean, with that being said, there's also so many amazing other 1500 American women. And I think I, I think it's a really exciting event right now. And, um, you know, the American record was just broken by four seconds. And, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to slow down anytime soon. So I'm really happy that I can be like a part of this history. of of this event right now
2: yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely so i mean obviously we just talked about it but you had the the honor of you know putting on a usa jersey last year at the world championship i think it it it, it takes it to the next level when it gets on an uh, olympic stage but so on our last episode i knew this was coming yeah (laughs) so we debated a little bit over uh the new uniforms that just just dropped i don't know if you've seen them yet have you
1: I've seen
2: them. <laughs> yeah, so, so maybe you could weigh on your opinion and get on that. But after you weigh in on that, I just want to know, like, you know, because over here, we as, like, outsiders, fans of the sports talking about it, that stuff's important to us, and, you know, we had a ball talking about it. Does that stuff matter to the pros like it, it does to us, though? So, like, is that something that you think about or care about, or is it just, like, any USA jersey is, you know, a USA jersey?
1: <laughs> I mean, no, we care. Like, Okay, good.
2: <laughs>
0: what do you think?
1: Um, uh, I mean, I'm not a big fan, but I have heard, I have heard that they look better in person. Um, okay. my friend, my good friend, Emma Abrahamson was there at, when they revealed them and she was telling me that they're, they're kind of reflective in person. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I don't know. I think, um, we'll see. I, I, but yeah, I mean, we definitely care. We're like, oh, that's dope. Or, oh, that sucks. Yeah. You know, <laughs>
4: I'm
1: not, I don't feel too strongly either way. I don't, I don't hate them, but I, I don't, like, love them. But I don't know. I also can't say – probably shouldn't say, oh, I love them. They're dope because they're Nike, and I can't say that. Well, that's, a <laughs> that's a good point. That's
0: a point. Well, it's too bad that, like, 99% of the people that see those uniforms won't see them in person. They'll see them on TV or in pictures. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. We end every interview with a quick game. So, Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? Yeah, name of the game down the home stretch. Basically, we're gonna rapid fire
2: questions at you. Your topic is, uh, I guess we're going with like kind of like a a beach, uh, you know, Cali theme. Is that you know yeah. the best way to describe it? There. All right. So Trent's gonna hit you with the first question. Let's do it.
3: Okay. So uh, I am from New Hampshire, rural New Hampshire. How do I be cooler?
1: <laughs> um, don't say Cali when you're referring to
3: Cali. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lesson learned
0: <laughs> do you ever get off the plane landing back in in southern california and just ask yourself why do people live anywhere else
1: <laughs> yeah it's more like why did i leave <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: <fair enough>. yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite california lingo
1: oh man i think i just like i like the term sick like oh that's sick yeah you know, just keep it simple. S I C K. That's sick. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: <laughs> okay. Would you combining you know looks and then you know help for my skin? Should I get a spray tan or go to a tanning bed?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would say
3: I'm neither. pretty pale. Just
1: like come to San Diego and lie on the beach. But oh man, I I would say tanning bed. Tanning spray bed. tan. That's just that's too obvious.
3: It just looks weird, but yeah, okay, great.
0: I'll, I'll write that down. Thank you. Where can you where can you get the best fish tacos in San Diego?
1: Um, mm. um, I would say Tijuana, like literally Mexico. <laughs> all right, <laughs>
2: that's,
1: that's yeah, a good yeah, answer. It's like, like, fifteen minute drive. <laughs>
2: yeah. all right. If you are going to go for a run on a beach, are you going barefoot or are you wearing shoes?
1: You can't run on the beach. Oh my
4: yeah, god!
1: <laughs> you guys are killing me. <laughs>
4: okay,
1: you cannot run on the beach. Everyone is always like, "Oh, do you do runs on the beach?" No, it's like the sand is slanted. Like if you run, if I even do like a hundred meters on the beach, like my IT band will be like all messed up because it's it's literally like imagine running on just like a slanted.
2: I don't know. Like it just doesn't it's not. <laughs> All right. Well, in my defense, I don't run on the beach either, but I'm not from California, so I don't know what you people
3: do, you know. That's what they do in the it's TV shows. <laughs>
4: Trent.
3: Trent you hit don't... it with the last question. Okay, this is this a great one? Um, <laughs> how many sharks have you fought off while surfing? <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man, I've only seen once one time. One one time and it was like Maybe like ten feet, like it was. It was like a baby shark. But,
4: <laughs> baby ten feet uh, shark like, that could eat you. Yeah. <laughs> God. It was, oh,
1: but then you, I was kind of scary because you're like maybe the mom's near. I don't know. But
4: um, yeah.
1: no, there was there one time I saw. I wasn't in the water. I was on the wharf, overlooking it, and there was a 19 foot great white, um like sighting, and I like saw it. And it was probably the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: Uh, Nikki, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. We're gonna be rooting for you this year. I can't wait for the trials and the Olympics. It's gonna be a lot of fun. All
1: right, thanks guys so much. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice yeah.
0: to meet you too. Um, you gotta tell Teresa that we gotta have her on sometime in the future.
1: Oh yeah, she's she's amazing. She's more fun than me,
4: so <laughs> I'm the um, boy.
0: Hits was brought to you by the irish clover road race drake it massachusetts coming up on march 8th it's gonna be a fun time we got food we got music we got beer we got 250 dollars to the male and female first place finisher it's gonna be a great time guys come on out we're at i believe we're at 550 entries like i said the first 600 get a t-shirt the t-shirt's awesome so if you want to want one of those t-shirts you gotta sign up now we're gonna cap registration at 850 that's that's the that's the amount that the town of Drake is gonna let us have so we have a hard cap so if you want to run if you want to sign up do it now don't miss your opportunity so guys we're getting into our favorite time of year we say it all we say it you know all the time that you do all this training for three phases at the end of every season you have taper season you have championship season and you have bender season and we're about to enter championship season we are fully in taper season right now what do you guys think heading into the trials it's it's everybody that's going to be running at the trials it's their taper season but you know this is a big moment you know the trials is going to be our championship season as a podcast so this is also our taper season what do you guys think about this
2: i love taper season i know it's like we've we've debated it before we've talked about it before and it's a controversial take but i really think taper season is my favorite season it's just like clean slate that you have no idea what you're going to run as a time but you anything's a possibility you're you're bringing down your mileage everyone's feeling good and tip top shape like the possibilities are endless taper season is just like a joyous time of you know putting together all of your hard work and getting it ready to go for one day, for one race. It's just such a beautiful
3: thing. I love taper season. And this point where we are before national or trials, we are, I don't know, my my math's not great, but nine or 10 days out, this might be the best point of taper season because- you're still getting, you know, you're still running a good amount there. So it's not like you're showing up and you're doing a couple miles and you're doing strides, but you're just doing, uh, there's enough of a cut where you're starting to feel real fresh. The race still feels forever away. I don't know if you guys were like me, but until it was like two days before maybe, Oh yeah. it felt like forever away. So you don't have that like immediate pre-race nerves. It's just life is good. It's like, you know your runs are cut down a couple miles. Your long run, you probably did your last long run already. All the hard stuff, all the workouts, all of a sudden feel wicked easy because you know your coach is intentionally not making you those last two reps or whatever it is. It's basically like going to practice, feeling great after, which you never do, feeling fresh. None of the pre-race nerves yet. This is this is the peak of taper season.
0: Yeah. So like I said, we're championship season is right around the corner, and guys, I've been thinking, you know, what championship morning is going to look like. For us versus the athletes. The athletes are gonna be getting up. They're gonna be, you know, well rested. They're gonna be getting their nutrition, doing their stretches, waking up early. You know, getting out to the starting line before dark. Us, you know, we're gonna get up. You know, we're not gonna be feeling as good as the athletes when we wake up. Let's be honest. We're gonna be a little bit hungover, but we're gonna to have to get out of bed. We're gonna to have to get down to the city tap house in Atlanta, claim our spot. You know, order some food, order some beers, get our signs ready, our flags ready for the runners. I'm pumped.
3: So. I like to break some news, you know, with you guys on on the podcast, you know, I think it's fun when I have some news to tell people and I just say it's my friends on the podcast, but I am going to be in the hurt box when we get down to Atlanta <laughs> on Friday and Saturday. I am going to be taking, I don't know exact, like a 13 hour flight on Thursday, eight hour time zone difference. So I'm going to be like up for like 26 <laughs> hours or something like that. Quick night of sleep Friday, wake up, go to the airport, come down to Atlanta. So boys, I'm gonna be feeling great. That's all guys. So I'm gonna be running on coffee.
0: So so, you know, Scott Smith, Lindy Jones, Nell Rojas, Scott Fauble, like all the all the people that we've talked oh. to that are gonna be Breaking news! Holy breaking breaking news, news alert! Next episode, get ready. <laughs> but all the people that we talk to, you know, you think you're gonna be going through pain out there when you're when you're approaching the wall at mile 18, 19, mile 20. You're getting heading to the last 10k in the humidity on the hills of Atlanta. Just you know, be a little sympathetic for us. Yeah, I mean, Trent, you know, gonna be on a bender. He's gonna be on no sleep coming down. You know, we're gonna be at the Atlanta Hawks game late, and we have to get out of bed and get to the get to the restaurant. So it's just as much of a challenge for you guys as it is for us.
2: You, you think this is easy? What we're trying to do here, uh, I my suggestion is that when we wake up in the morning, we prep like we're racing that day. Like, we just have that kind of attitude because, you know, it's going to be an important day for us, and like them, we only get one shot at this, right? So we got to make sure that, like, all the footage is good, that, like, we're where we need to be when we need to be there that we try and see our people that we get our signs looking nice so it's like it's a big day and we only get one shot at this it only comes around every four years so i'm gonna wake up in the morning i'm gonna be like bumping some like m&m at like 6 30 in the morning like getting myself hyped, throwing water in my face getting fired up this is a big deal i'm ready to go this might be more important for us, than for them.
0: Should we take a picture of our outfits laid out on yes. the ground? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: Instagram post. <laughs> yep. 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 Send some Snapchats around even of that.
0: And we're going to have uh, breaking news. We're going to have 27 video with us down there. So we're going to get a nice little video. Our first sponsor. Yeah. Our, our, the original sponsor of this podcast is flying down to Atlanta for us. We're going to be putting together a race day video. I can't wait.
2: When you say breaking news, Steve, like this literally broke. She's broke. Like, like 35 minutes ago we got a call from our boy saying you know what screw it i'm booking my tickets tonight so it is huge breaking news he's
0: probably mad that i haven't texted him back but he doesn't know <laughs> that we're actually recording right
3: now so if you want to be in the video right the professionally made you know video content of our weekend in atlanta it's true come hang out what's the name of the bargain city tap house downtown you atlanta. gotta be there
0: i like i said in last episode they, uh, I was DMing with them. They're welcoming us with open arms. They got beers for $2.62. It's going to be great.
2: Listen, if 27 Video can decide on a whim to book their ticket tonight, so can you. That's you right. can book your ticket to Atlanta. Come hang out with us at the tap room. It's going to be a blast.
3: I would say this, too. I, I don't want to get too crazy, but <laughs> to, to a limit, right? Like First 10 people that come in and recognize us as peak Too Early free beer on us I'm, I'm buying i'm buying you a beer if you come up and you make any reference to the peak To early pod um or you you know you show me that you subscribed and give a, a five star review or something like that free beer on me
2: that's right you heard it here first if you say that you know the peak To early pod trent will buy you a beer that's right. you heard it that's here right. first so
3: trent,
0: trent he said he's gonna buy 10 of them so that means you're gonna be spending 26.2 dollars
3: is that how it works? Yeah. Wow. It's bad. Wow. Look at that man. I'm making 20. Making 20. Let's go. First 20.
0: Oh man. What was I supposed to be transitioning to? I don't know. Leave it in. All right. Oh man, guys, this has been a ton of fun. You know We had a great interview with Nikki, new friend of the program. We got a big episode lined up for next week. I am so pumped that the trials are almost here. It's going to be a big weekend for the podcast. It's going to be a big weekend for U.S. distance running. I can't wait. So on that, let's kick off the bell app.
2: Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? Credit to me on waiting that time. It was a perfect transition. Uh, My bell app is... I've been training for months now for the uh, post-trials race that we all agreed to run, and I'm sitting next to my co-host right now, and it sounds like this race might not happen. So I'm a little befuddled on what's going on here. I've been grinding. I've been doing the workouts. You know, I'm in taper season myself for this, and now all of a sudden the whole thing's getting blown up. So I think we got some explaining to do, gentlemen.
0: The only reason I signed up for that 5K the morning after the trials was just to say I'm competing on that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so you're competing on the Olympic trials weekend? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so when somebody asks what I'm doing down in Atlanta, I say, oh, I'm competing. Trent, what do you got for people in the bell lap?
3: My, mine's going to be real quick this time. Just a big, big old shout out to running guy, 32145, <laughs> oh, whoever God. this guy is or or lady you're the best. They had a wonderful review of the pod. They really gave us a big compliment. Um, this is on the iTunes review. You have a five star and they said, Trent is funny. I mean, <laughs> this guy this guy is a great listener.
0: Funny looking.
3: Yeah. So you can see what I did there. R- rumor is
2: that, that uh running what is it, running guy one, two, three or something like that. Three two one four five. I heard that's uh
3: Mrs. Fontanella. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't care who it is. I that is for the world to see that I am funny. That's right.
0: Just a just a quick reminder, get your trash talk in on the iTunes review so we can read it out on the bat pa- on the podcast. Guys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Like, hit me with the Josie.
4: Just another fakeish for the rain. Come here on the talking
3: joined here today with Megan Krueger, pretty much the full embodiment of peaking too early. Megan, why don't you tell everybody what your PR was when you were in middle school?
1: Um, my PR in the mile was 515 in eighth grade.
3: So what happened to you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I literally peaked too early and um, yeah, got injured and never really got back into uh, racing. <laughs>
3: But this weekend you went out and you kicked a ton of people's ass at the BU Valentine invite. How many how, years later? How many years later?
1: Uh, basically exactly 14 years later.
3: What's it like to kick college kids' asses as someone that hasn't run a mile in 14 years?
1: <laughs> well, in in the slow heat 14 of of the Viola, I uh, wasn't kicking too many people's butt, but... Uh, but it was pretty cool I felt pretty old out there obviously the
3: don't worry about the the heat numbers it was 14 out of too many to count so congratulations you ran great thanks thanks for coming on the pod <laughs>
4: thanks, uh, I you are able, woman I'm Take the break that we are on the brinker. My cup is on the table. I love a this- I've been felt the desert burn until you pulled on me.